Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hello, and welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I'm Taylor Barnes. All right, Taylor, last episode, we talked about sales technology, what it will and will not do for you. And uh, in that, we talked about some systems and processes and, and having processes in place. And you know, when it comes to having processes in place, those are often dictated by the manager. And mm-hmm. so what we're going to talk about this episode is the five types of sales managers. So you have a really amazing document that will be up on our podcast page and available for download on the five types of sales managers. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of these because, you know, we, we've all had different types of managers that were... Uh, had different styles. Let me put it that way. And so we're yeah, gonna... <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. Just different styles. Yeah. And there's pros and cons of those styles for different situations. So yeah. tell us a little bit about just the, the five types um, at a high level, you know, a little bit about different styles of managers, and then we'll start going into those five types. So Sure thing. So, you know, look, th- this comes from years of experience. And, you know, we've all, like you said, we've worked for a lot of people. A lot of people have worked for us. And uh, when, I, when it comes down to, you know, I, we've, I, I've employed a lot of different sales managers over the years. And, and I have found that most of them have five key things about them. And so what I did was use a lot of those experiences and I categorized each five. And they are called the controller, the coach, the storyteller, the bullet dodger, and the Marine. Now, there is not necessarily a a one is better than another. These are category types, right? And look, the reason that this is important is, is, is two-prong. Number one, it's always nice to know what kind of a sales manager you are because it, it's not, be, not necessarily because you think you need to change or you think you need to accelerate one way or the other, but it is really important for you to understand the way that your employees are going to see you and the way that your peers are going to see you and the way that your potential, your bosses are going to see you. So that's what the five management types are about, Josh. It's really just about the good and the bad, the pros and the cons, the goods and the challenges of each type. Yeah, I love the fact that it's the the good and the bad, you know, pros and cons, because I know as a manager, there's lots of things I don't do very well. And once you recognize that, and once I recognized it, I was able to go tap other team members to fill in those voids, right? If, if I'm not good at uh, saying good job and giving the attaboys yeah. and reinforcing, which I'm generally not, um, you know, then I can find somebody else to help me do that. Or I can put in systems and processes that remind me to do those things because yeah. some of these things aren't necessarily things that we don't, it's not that we don't want to do them. It's that right. we don't think that way. Right. So it doesn't come to mind first. It doesn't come to mind in the, in a certain situations. And so there's different ways we can adapt and, and have those. So let's kick it off here in a little bit about the controller. All right. So the controller, everybody knows the controller, right? I need you to copy me on every email. I need to know exactly who you're prospecting. Let me know, you know, because you're working for this person who's working for that person. They're very, very uh, reactive in nature. They're heavy on the org chart. Uh, they are emotional. They will actually many times publicly praise and say how wonderful this person is. They'll also do that in the criticism as well and say how bad this person did and and whatnot. So they tend to be high and low. However, the controllers tend to be really, really good people managers. They tend to have it really under control. So when I've had, you know, my controllers over the years, you know, they may or may not have 
you know, um, the, 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 the best emotional skills. But what I will say is they are the best at wrangling the troops and keeping everybody relatively in line uh, that I've ever seen. So that is an amazing pro about that. And, and what happens is the employees feel that. So the teamwork feels very strong. It feels very controlled in this team, that there's this pod of individuals. And as such, the employees within that team get very, very close. Um, the controller tends to over-communicate a lot, you know, sets tons of meetings for everything, which in Volt, which results in him or her getting overwhelmed. Um, they don't get upset. They, they get a little bit upset when they feel like they're being, uh, you know, potentially threatened. Uh, you know, uh, they, they get a little bit self-conscious in that regard. They get jealous when colleagues perform uh, better than they perceive themselves performing. And uh, they can feel threatened if someone encroaches. So, again, it, this all comes down to how much they care. They care so much about and they respect their job and their title and they respect their their, their their people so much. But it tends to be really, really controlling. And so that's what we've seen as far as the controlling time. Got it. All right. So controller pro is they're good at wrangling everybody, good at creating that team environment. Uh, the con for the controller in this instance is going to be uh, a little bit emotional, right? High and low on the emotional level. That's right. As a result of them wanting to be involved in absolutely everything, whether they need to or not. Got it. Okay. And so that's the controller. So the next one you have is the coach. Tell us about the coach. Yeah. And the coach is a good name for it because everybody, you know, every sports has got a season and this is the seasonal type of a manager where in the fall they will be gung ho. And yeah. And then in the spring, they are on the golf course for the most of the time. <laughs> so it's a very seasonal type manager. Now, when the, when during the season in the season, this the coach performs. The coach performs extremely well. And in the offseason, you might not see him or her. Uh, they're very much contest driven. They love the idea of setting, you know, if you can do this much, I'll give you a prize. You know, if you, like, you know, if you score this many yards in, in a game, right. we'll give you a, <laughs> a, you know, a, a player of the game, an MVP of the yeah. game kind of, um, you know. So they're very, uh, you know, a lot of times they end up being kind of babysitters versus like being uh, being the kind of manager that an individual will go to for strategic direction. They're very much rah-rah and keeping them motivated and getting in their face and getting excited. But when it comes to the, why should I be getting excited about this? The coach would be like, I don't know, just work harder. <laughs> so it's one of those things where the coach is good at what they're good at. Uh, but they might, you know, struggle in some of the strategic uh, realms. You know, they they will be very protective over the role, like a lot of coaches are. I'm in charge. Here's the way that it needs to be. It's my way or the highway. They got an ego. Who doesn't, of course? Um, you know, they're sarcastic by nature in some cases. There's no crying in baseball, things like that. Coffee's and, for uh, you know. <laughs> That's right. Coffee's for closers. That's right. And, you know, they got canned answers for lack of performance, which are the, okay, well, get in earlier leave later, you know, make more calls, activity breeds activity. Um, but again, the pros around them are during the months where they show up, during the months where they're there and the motivational aspect that they bring to the team, that fire that they can light for a certain period of time is strong and it burns hot and it tends to always result in big quarters, big performance quarters. Nice. I love it. So that's kind of what the coach looks like. So on the seasonal thing, um, that's not the part I would have guessed of like the in season, out of season. I mean, how does that work in a real work environment? <laughs> it, it's challenging. It really, it really is challenging because, um, be, because 
unfortunately, the coach tends to switch sports here and there. <laughs> so he or she might be really good in the fall. And then the next year, they might be really good in the summer. And there's really no consistency to it. And that's kind of the gist. The gist is if they could take that energy that's so compacted in a short period of time and stretch that energy over a 12-month period, that they could get more consistent performance and a whole lot less of that high-low. I think that, in my opinion, and and what I've seen and what we've gotten and and we've worked on some coaching-type managers in the past, it's very possible for them to stretch out their efforts and stretch out their their (laughs) seasonal spikes. And so, yeah, it's not in, in, in historically speaking, it's not great for business unless they want to operate like a coach 12 months out of the year in every season in every sport, which isn't really sustainable. Okay. So that's the coach. Um, so the pro uh, really getting the team together, that rah-rah, driving big quarters, right, is, is the yeah. pro. Uh, the con is the seasonality, right? The I guess it's almost yeah. burnout. It, it, to me, right. it sounds like burnout, right? I I drove so hard and got the, got the result I needed. And, you know, now I need a, if it was a pitcher, it'd be a relief pitcher, but you don't get relief, yeah, relief, yeah, that's relief right. coaches. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe right. some teams should halfway through the season, I feel like. I think a lot of them should. <laughs> I'm a Falcons fan and, you know, it's it's half a season good, half a season bad. Like, can we, can that, we switch this tough. around? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one is the storyteller. Tell us about the story. <laughs> yes. So the story, the storyteller tends to be, you know, I mean, how many times do you hear storytellers that have bad attitudes, right? The storyteller is always positive and always wants to make the most out of this story. Um, so they'll be, you know, overly positive, which, you know, if they're overly positive every single minute of every single day, well, that's going to probably wear on some people and come across potentially disingenuine. Uh, they rely mostly on memory than they do like structured organization. I would say that the storytellers themselves by, by nature aren't overly organized as well as say the controller is. So they'll rely on, you know, when they need to go find something, they're going to go search their inbox for some relevant data. They're not going to look at a, you know, a library of published information or an information repository to get what they need. So they do, they struggle with process for the most part, but they respect it and they want it. It's just tough for them to get there. Many times they'll regurgitate information without understanding the full story that comes as a result of wanting to be the overly positive storyteller that always ends with something good. Um, And this is, I can tell you from, from experience, this is definitely where I would fall, you know, as a manager (laughs) in my, in my previous years was much more of a storyteller because I do want to, I do want to have an answer for everything. And, and my ego holds me to wanting to have an answer for everything. So if someone comes to me with a question that I might not know, I will answer it in a way that I, I do my best. And I regurgitate a lot of this information that, that potentially I don't fully understand. Uh, the storyteller continues to get it or not continues to, but they typically get too excited too quick. They'll think an idea is phenomenal. <laughs> and, and even if it is, that's great. They will want to go before it is built. They'll want to fly before they built the plane, you know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, you know, and in some cases when they get, you know, shot down, um, you know, by the, by the boss or whatever, for going too quick or because the result didn't go too well, they'll, they'll become self-conscious about it. And, uh, because they realize at the end of the day that they're not necessarily the fixer of everything, you know what I mean? Uh, so the pros and cons, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went through them, but, but that's, but that's what a storyteller is. I think everybody, if everybody's got a storyteller in their life. Got it. So the the pros of the are the pro one of the main pros of the storyteller is kind of that uh, that rah rah you know not in the coaching sense but in making everybody feel good consistently 
right? That's right. It's consistent. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. Got it. Yep. And then the, yeah, and some of the cons are. Yeah. And then the con you said is the opposite of that is they're always positive, so it feels like it's it's not genuine, right? They're like everything's going to be okay, and everybody around them is like, no, it's not. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Get out of here. The building's on fire. <laughs> right. It's not going to be like, okay. We're all right. like, oh, it's a beautiful. <laughs> But it's a beautiful color. <laughs> right. Look at that orange <laughs> yeah. and yellow. Look at that orange. Look at that purple flame up there. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, th- these 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 individuals tend to be good salespeople. Uh, they tend to build relationships quickly and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, they they do uh, they do have their 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 shortcomings as well. So that's that's the storyteller in a nutshell. Got it. So we have uh, the next one. Is the bullet dodger. Oh yeah, dodging bullets. bullet dodger. What does that look like? Yep, everybody, <laughs> everybody has got a bullet dodger manager in their office. I feel like, and and it's one of those that anytime potentially some conflict comes, they just go, oh, and they have this uh, some potential. It's really a hands off management style. So yes, I'm in charge, but you go do your thing. Yeah, I'm in charge, but I don't really care. Check in with me once a week. So they act as more of a uh, more of a team lead. Um, these are your quota carrying sales managers for the most part. Okay. Uh, you know, they'll they'll be really, really good at sales. Um, so so they don't really have time to deal with the conflicts of management, you know, the struggles of management. So they'll be dodging bullets <laughs> in terms of everything getting thrown at them. Uh, they don't like to have face to face tough conversations. They don't like to to present. Uh, they are fairly unorganized when it comes to that, because. Hell, most great salespeople are, you know, because they want to shoot first and ask questions later. Um, you know, really everything goes with the flow. Some pros of them is, you know, they have low stress 90% of the time. These guys tend to, guys and girls tend to be really, really good at, at managing stress. When they when they lose a deal in the 11th hour or someone on their team loses a deal in the 11th hour, they're very much like, yeah, that, that that's tough. So the high-low is really limited with these, these guys and girls have got, you know, good head on their shoulders as it relates to good news and bad news relating to business. Uh, when it comes to personal on the other side, you know, they can be irrational and sensitive when things at the personal level are bad because they don't want to deal with it. If you're bringing them something and you force them into that corner and you say, hey, we're going to talk about this, they might become irrational and sensitive to how it comes across. And that can be, uh, you know, potentially poorly communicated. Um, they will over communicate only on high priority stuff. These individuals don't like to communicate on a day to day kind of ancillary level. They only want to talk about the really, really important things. Otherwise, it's all good. And let's get to work. Um, you know, one of the other uh, things that we've seen is the typical bullet dodger does forget to follow up on an action item, does forget to take some something at a phone call uh, at, you know, at the quality level that it is and really go forward with it um, because that tends to be a little bit uncomfortable in terms of the action and the further action that, that that's needed. So that's the bullet dodger in a nutshell. So it sounds like, you know, on the con side, overly hands off, right? Yep. Uh, too much, not even, it's not even delegation. It's just completely hands off or, or too hands mm. off. What was the biggest pro on that? The bull, well, the biggest pro, depending on how you look at it, was that they are overly hands off. You know, that, that means that their sales reps and their reps probably just love them. You know what I mean? They are, you know, they're probably the most uh, the, some of the best guys to invite to the bar afterwards because yeah. they're they're just like, eh, it's all good. And, you know, uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the pros can be the, these these team leads are tremendous salespeople, you know, really good at the relational aspect, really good at selling, going with the flow, very low stress. 
stress. They bring a lot of low stress into their team environments and things like that. So they make one could argue that they make the quality of uh, of daily activity for their teams really good. Yeah, I mean, I think I was thinking through, and and one person actually came to mind as a manager that I've had that I had in the past, and uh, they they could have been probably classified as a bullet dodger in that um, they were hands off, but in the organization they worked in. They could be hands off because they everybody on their team was fairly high level, highly paid people. So mm-hmm. that was kind of I was trying to think of like, well, what's a what's a good situation for that person? Well, it's good to have a hands off manager if everybody that they manage is you know highly compensated, highly competent, you know knows their job. You know maybe a situation where you need a manager of people who have been doing something for ten years. You know, well, yeah. they don't want you to be overly hands on because they've been doing this for a decade or more and, and they don't really need that type of oversight. Uh, so that mm-hmm. might be a good situation for a, a bullet. Yeah. Doctor. Yeah. 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 Got it. It sounds like. Yeah. OK. Um, and then the last one we have is the Marine. So the Marine. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if we should pick whether it's Army or Marine or Air Force here, but I guess the Marine gives yeah. you a certain connotation. Tell me about that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, typically you would think of the Marine as this dominating, controlling type of an individual. And and there and there's it's seasonal. So here's what I mean by the Marine. The Marine is a sink or swim mentality. You know, I'm giving you all the tools you need to succeed. And if you don't, that's on you. That's your your fault. You know, they are definitely the tough guy. They're the cool guy. They're they're the ones that you know. And it's important to them to to maintain that image, to maintain that image of the sink or swim kind of tough guy. Um, you know, but you know, the other side of that, they have you know, they they gossip a lot. They complain a lot. They tend to lean on the negative versus leaning on the positive. Um, if someone's doing something wrong, that's a time to talk about it. If someone's doing something right. That's expected because we're in the Marines <laughs> and things like that. You know you what I mean? You're trained. Uh, <laughs> Go do it. Exactly. That's how you're trained. You know, so that means they're stubborn. Uh, you know, they'll rarely praise in some regards based on the fact that, again, it's expected because you're here. That's what's expected here. Um, incredible salespeople for the most part. Great opportunity chasers. They really have a structured way of protecting their business and they will keep their business really, really close to their chest, uh, which means that their customers absolutely love them. And so the Marines tend to have great, great customer relationships and they will work their asses off to make sure that their customer gets exactly what they need. Um, and then again, at the employee level, they 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 are really well respected because of the not just the cool guy, tough guy image, but they back it up by you know being the funnest guy in the room and being the tough guy that everybody wants to bring around. And uh, you know, and then you know, one of the other uh, elements that I've seen for many of the marine type managers that we have out there is is limited balance at home and at work. They tend to be really really heavy on the work front, not so heavy on the home front. Got it. So those are the five sales uh, types of sales managers, or, or in this case, it could be uh, parlayed over into many sales managers, not just sales. But you know, there's different reasons to have different ones in certain situations, certain companies, manage certain types of people. And oh, you know, yeah. I, I'm guessing our listeners are probably thinking, well, I, I may one of those resonated with me, but another one did too, right? I'm guessing it's kind of like a disc or a Myers Briggs, where you know yeah. you're a little bit of this or a little bit of that, right? So you could yep. you could be 
very low on the storyteller, mid on the Marine, very high on the coach. You know, so that's there's right. probably some aspects of these that resonate with each person. Would you say that's accurate? I, I think so as well. I think so as well. It, it is not reasonable to think that everybody fits in five specific buckets. Obviously, <laughs> there's a lot there's, there's a lot of people in the world. But yeah, but you know, when, when it comes to trying to figure out what kind of a sales manager you are, it is really important for you to to, to take a look and have some awareness because obviously your, your job influences other people. Your job influences company direction and go-to-market strategy. So it's important for you to not understand not just only how you're perceived, but how you might react in certain situations, which may or may not be at the detriment to the team, at the detriment to the organization. Or if you can lean into some of these strengths a little bit more, it might be an incredible addition or an incredible future value add to the organization and to lean into some of those things. So very much like a like a Myers-Briggs Enneagram type of, you know, uh, which has got healthy and unhealthy versions to each of it. Um, and again, at the end of the day, we got to remember why we're why we're bringing this up. It's to create this culture of continuous improvement. That's that's why you get into management. You want to continue to help people and to get better at managing situations and people and deals. And that's what it's designed to do. So I found it very useful to come up with that. And everybody that I've given it to said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know that guy (laughs) or I know that girl or that girl that says, yep, that's me. Well, that's my sister. She manages her group of people in there. And uh, and again, it's one of those things where awareness and knowing thyself is so big as it relates to trying to lean, lean into your healthy and, you know, potentially improve on your unhealthy. Yeah. So I think for listeners, you know, as leaders in the organization, maybe even sales leaders uh, or, or business leaders, whichever one you might be, it's good to know which where you fall. Right. What are the pros and cons of those? How is that affecting the team? Also thinking about if you're going to hire a sales manager, which one mm. is the right fit? Like we talked about, uh, I think, the bullet dodger where, you know, if you're managing a bunch of people that are highly paid, highly competent, highly compensated, uh, have lots of experience, right? Then they may want a more hands-off person that may be a good fit for that situation. But that's not going to be a good fit for a company that has a huge, uh, is building a large BDR team and are bringing in, you know, fairly fresh out of school people for those positions, right? You don't, you don't want the bullet dodger. So what is the different manager for each uh, situation? Each team has a lot of impact Mm. on success. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I mean, a lot of times people hire on skill, right? Yeah. And less on uh, potentially like like character, which, you know, time and place, right? You've got, if, if you're hiring it for a customer service manager and you want to make sure that it's customer service first, well, then you're going to have somebody that's extremely organized and very highly communicative and might run a tight ship. If you have someone that needs to be, you know, managing, you know, 25 different salespeople that are located all over the world, well, that that's going to be a different situation, you know, a little less reactive and a little more proactive and strategic. So I think it's really important, like you said, when you're looking at the next sales manager to hire, understand really what you want them to not not just be good at but but how you want them to manage and and look at the team that you're hiring them to manage for and and try to figure out maybe what would be a a really good fit to make the best type of synergy in that in that team environment definitely all right well you heard it here five types of sales manager controller the coach the storyteller the bullet dodger and the marine Uh, As I mentioned, this document will be available on our podcast page, so go download it and check it out there. And uh, on our next episode, next week, we'll be talking about taking the friction out of sales. Mm, I'm ready for that one, Josh. All right. See you then. See you guys. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.